This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. up the word underline some verses and let the word itself do its work it doesn't need you you don't need me for the bible you know that you don't need me to understand scriptures you study scriptures for your own and you be you be able to understand the scriptures who's your teacher jesus christ the holy spirit who better to teach you than the holy spirit because the holy spirit is the one that inspired these men to write the words in the book The Word is powerful. Sometimes we think we need someone with a degree to explain the Bible to us. But you and I can just read the Word and be filled with the Spirit. Today, Pastor Eddie will encourage you in the power found in the Word. It is enough to open up the Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through God's Word. With the truth found in the pages of Scripture, go and share your faith with others. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie as he continues his message in Romans chapter 10. talking to uh, Jeff from uh, MCA where they buy bikes uh, for pastors so they could get to places. That's a lot for them. We had a missionary from China a couple of years ago and they came here and he was blessed because we as a church blessed him, you know, together and now that he's able to buy a moped. There, there are means that we have that we really take for granted that these other third world countries don't have and they share in the gospel. How beautiful are their feet? How beautiful are their feet? And meanwhile, we could minister to people again. We could minister to our neighbors across the street or even to our coworkers over coffee during a lunch break. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's our privilege and responsibility as the church to go with beautiful feet and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not the feet that are beautiful. Some of you may have some nice pedicures, whatever. But it's not that the feet are beautiful, but the message that the feet brings. Guys are like, what's that? It took me a while to understand the difference between pedicures and manicures, okay? is the message that the feet brings is beautiful. And so now, Israel has a personal responsibility. They have a free will. The opportunity... For Israel to be saved was given to them. God has sent uh, his uh, carusos, his preachers, to preach that Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, is the Messiah. However, have they all, uh, all obeyed? Let's look at verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And like what Paul says, he says, they have not all because there are some, even Paul himself, who's a Jew, who accepted Christ as the Messiah. He didn't say all Jews. Even till this day, there are many Jews who are giving their life to Jesus Christ. And they believe that Jesus Christ, that he's Yeshua, he's the Mashiach. He's the promised Messiah. And they have now accepted Jesus as their Messiah. 
So there are many Jews. So we can't say all the Jews. There are many Jews who accepted the Lord, but Israel as a nation. So we're talking Israel as a nation have not received uh, this report. And he's quoting from Isaiah, uh, from Isaiah 53. Many of us know that. Isaiah 53 is a very, very powerful chapter when it comes to the messianic prophecy of the suffering Savior. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 53 is a forbidden chapter in the Tanakh. We, we know it as the Old Testament, but the Jews call it a Tanakh because it's not old to them. They're still using it. But the rabbis have removed this chapter. It's called the forbidden chapter, Isaiah 53. As a matter of fact, you could actually Google a forbidden chapter, Isaiah 53, and there's a nice video of Messianic believer. It's in Hebrew, but you'll see the titles, uh, the words in, in English, um, and you can read. And he's just having people in the streets in Jerusalem, all of Israel, reading that chapter. And they were amazed. You got to see the response. And why I say that? Because that chapter, if you want to minister to a Jew, that's one of the best chapters you can ever minister to. Have them read that chapter, Isaiah 53. Now, Isaiah 53, we see the word that says, he was despised and rejected. He was smitten and afflicted by God. He was wounded by transgression. He was bruised by iniquities. So they see this and they say, that can't be our Messiah. Messiah is going to come in glory. He's going to, he's going to be, oh, he's going to look great. He's going to have power and authority. That can't, you know, the Messiah that they're talking about on the cross, really? That's why before the prophet Isaiah even began, probably inspired by the Holy Spirit, before he even began to, to write the prophecy of Jesus' suffering, before he even put pen to Pyrus, now he didn't write in chapter breaks and verse breaks, and we have that, but he wrote it direct. But just before he got to that, he writes these words, Lord, who would believe our report? But here it is. He was bruised for iniquities. By his stripes were healed. Even before writing the prophecy, he said, who would believe our report? This is going to be, are they really, are, they, are my people really going to believe this? Who's going to believe our report? It is amazing because when you look at Isaiah 53, they try to attribute that to a nation. Israel, uh, the, the rabbis, and you know, they were trying to say, well, that's referring to a nation. But, it, you know, it's not a nation. It's a person. Who's this person? It's the Messiah. It's the Messiah. But he says here, Paul says, have they not all obeyed? They have not all obeyed. That word obeyed is in the Greek, hupakua. Hupakua in the Greek sounds funny, but what it means is to hear with a positive response, to obey, to submit to. That's what obey, that obey means. Because if you have the NIV, the NIV, it reads to accept. Accept is not, is a poor translation of the word. Because, you know, we can accept a lot of things. You can accept the fact, you can accept the truth, but do you respond to it? Yeah, I accept that's the truth, but I refuse not to follow it, right? Obey. I know that's the truth. I'm going to submit to that truth. I'm going to obey it. That's the difference. It's important for us to know this because many people believe that there is a God. 
How many people you ministered? How many people you know? Oh, I believe in this Jesus. This Jesus is real. Oh, but you know, you could have him in your heart. You could accept him as your Lord, a person, a savior. I'm not ready for that. There's a difference. They accept that Jesus is real. They know he's, a, he's real. He was here. He was, he was the son of God, but don't want to follow that way. Don't want that way. So you see, there is a difference. Verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Very popular verse. One of those that should be on your refrigerator as well. It's very important for us. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And again, the progression Paul is kind of reversing here. So he says, those who hear the word of God will have faith. The word of God, people hear it, they have faith. Now, this is important for us to know and and memorize because, I tell you why, (laughs) we find that the power is in the word. The power is in the word of God. This is important, especially for us believers, because we tend to try to find other things to enhance the word of God or that God's word needs help. Case in point, talk about this all the time. A lot of churches, they want to entertain you, but not feed you the word of God. And it's the word of God that when you teach, how how many times we we feel that I can't share the gospel. I don't know what it's like to evangelize. I never share the gospel. So how can I be a caruso? How can I be a caruso? How can I be a preacher? I don't know. I never went to, you know, Bible college. Just share your faith. Open up the word. Underline some verses. And let the word itself do its work. It doesn't need you. You don't need me for the Bible. You know that. You don't need me to understand scriptures. You study scriptures for your own and you'll be, you be able to understand the scriptures. Who's your teacher? Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Who better to teach you than the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is the one that inspired these men to write the words in the book. So we don't need anything. We don't need anything to help the word. The word in itself is powerful. It is the word that brings people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It, it doesn't come by preaching philosophy. It doesn't come by tickling the ears with motivational sermons. It doesn't come by reading a book to ten step better you. It comes simply by the word. And I can tell you that's good news for you. That's definitely good news for me. Because I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. That I know. My parents would tell you with love. He was little, but he was a handful. And that's amazing when some people say, wow, you know a lot. I know the Bible. You know how many preachers and teachers, you know, their, their wisdom and their understanding and their knowledge expand simply by studying the Bible? Simply by studying the Bible. God, when you read God's word, you understand life around you. You have the right words to counsel friends and family. Why? Because the Bible told you how. When your friends are coming up and knocking, you door, listen, we have a marriage problem. Oh, listen, I studied this in the word. Well, you know a lot. No, I just know the Bible. I'm a stupid man. That's what I, I'm dumb. But when it comes to the things of God, you know, I let the word do it and it makes me look good. <laughs> it does. I'm, 
God calls the foolish things, right? To confound the wise, I'm a fool right here. <laughs> and that's the way God works because God doesn't want intellectuals. God doesn't want people with PhDs and BLT from Mickey D's. He, all he cares is that you love him and you trust in his word and you faithfully teach his word the way it is. That's all he needs. The disciples were a bunch of misfits. Remember after Christ rose and Peter stood before the, the, the Pharisees? Who is this man? He was a fisherman. He smells like fish. He looks like a fish. How did he have so much knowledge? Oh, he's been with that rabbi, that teacher, Jesus Christ. How did he come up with such He's been with Jesus. You spend time with Jesus' word, you'd be surprised. And that's what's good about is by the word. The word has power. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. You'll be more effective by knowing the word of God. That's why we study it here. So when you go out there, you'll be ready to give an answer. You'll be ready to give an answer. Verse 18, but I say, have they not all heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Paul is using Psalms 19, chapter 19, verse 4. The good news of Jesus Christ has gone out through the earth. That's to all Jews and Gentiles. So have they heard? Yes, they have. They heard about the Messiah. Everyone in Jerusalem, even the Pharisees, even the temple shook when he was crucified. The veil was torn in two. That was Jesus of Nazareth. They all heard the good news that the Messiah came. Verse 19. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. Quoting Deuteronomy Chapter 32, verse 21. Now, this should be of no surprise. They have known because it was in their scriptures. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob said he would provoke the children of Israel to jealousy by non-Jews, by another nation other than them. And so they should know this. Verse 20. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifested to those who did not ask for me. You know, the book that I shared with you a few times, I bought, you know, it's a book I bought four times because I lend it out three times. I think I will learn the first time, the second time. But anyway, I tell you, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But this is an excellent book. And I bought this, the first time I purchased this book was in my early 20s. I believe, and um, it talks about how to share the gospel to Jews. And you remember the title. I can't get It's an awesome title. I love the title. You bring the bagels, I'll bring the gospel. That's the title. You bring the bagels, I'll bring the gospel. And so he's telling his Jewish friend, you bring the bagels, and I'll bring the gospel. It was written by a Messianic believer. He's a Jewish rabbi, a Christian, believes in Christ. And he shared his testimony of how um, he gave his life to the Lord. He, he was in the Navy, and he was... Uh, cleaning, and I was just talking to Tom. Tom, by the way, had started cleaning toilets. I just wanted to share that with you. We had this discussion just before, five minutes, in the Navy, 
this uh, rabbi was in the Navy, and he was cleaning the deck, and he was really frustrated. He, Why you got to clean his deck? It's clean. It's not dirty. So he was really angry, frustrated. And a, he was with another sailor, and they were, they, were, they were mopping the floor. But he was happy. He was excited singing, the, singing hymns and everything. And he's, he's, like, really upset. You know, when you're mad if somebody's upset, you, you just you don't want them to be happy. And so he says, what? Yeah. He said, what are you so happy about? And he stops. He paused. He put his hand on the broom. And he says, because I have your Messiah in my heart. That struck him hard. Just that one, just that one quote changed his life. Provoked him to jealousy. Another people. You would be more effective sharing to a Jew than a Jew who's a believer in Christ. Because a Jew who believes in Christ, they'll be treated like Paul. I know Messianic believers who are trying to share to fellow Jews and they've been spat in the face because they automatically, they're traitors. But, you, you know, they don't have many friends. And if you're a Gentile, you understand who they are. You want to share. The, they're willing to talk with you. They love to talk. They love to debate. They love that. And they, they don't have many friends. <laughs> you know that. And so you share about the Messiah. But the book is awesome because it shares how, you know, Instead of using, like, you say Old Testament, you say the Tanakh. Instead of saying church, because to them, the church was behind the Holocaust. They were persecuted by the church. You can't say church to them. You say chapel, my congregation. Instead of saying baptism, you say immersion. You see, it's different things in language. You could get them to talk, and, and they appreciate the fact that you learn their culture and, and understand, so you share. So the, the book is really incredible. But Paul is saying, have they heard? Yes, they have. They were jealous by another nation. I was found by those, the Lord says in verse 20, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifested to those who did not ask for me. You're talking about a people that didn't follow the covenants, didn't walk in the way of the covenants, people who didn't have the oracle of the law, people who didn't have the Torah. These are the people who found the Lord. And they're probably saying, Oy vey, we for generations and generations, and we have been trying to study the Torah and to study the Tanakh. We go to synagogue, and we, and they found Jesus, and they didn't do all that. It's all, it's all prophecy. Paul is quoting stuff from the Old Testament to prove that this was a plan of God from the very get. God knew the heart of Israel. He knew. God, God wanted to save the world. That was the bottom line. And Israel had this mentality, oh, you know what? Uh, we're the chosen people for the Messiah, not for the whole thing, for the Messiah. But the Savior was for the whole world. Verse 21, but to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. All day long. The Lord has opened his arms to the nation of Israel, but they were disobedient and they were rebellious. And God just opened up his arms, imploring that they would return back to him. All day long, he stretched out his hands. God has done that for the world. God has not withheld salvation from the Jews. God has not withheld salvation from the Gentiles. He stretched out his hands. Has God stopped stretching out his hand from the nation of Israel? 
No. God still has a plan for Israel. That's why in 1948, fulfilled another prophecy that they would return to the land. And God still has a plan for Israel. God has not forgotten Israel. That's not the God we serve because he forgot Israel. We have a problem. Right? If he's going to forget Israel, he's going to forget you and me. <laughs> but God doesn't forget. He knows. God has a plan for Israel. God is full of love, mercy, grace. He's full of patience and long-suffering. And he can hold on his hand. He's not like man and say, oh, man, I'm tired. Many of us can't even worship God. Oh, that's too tiring. But God is stretching out his hand, and he always has stretched out his hand. He's long-suffering. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, Jew and Gentile, not willing that any should perish, but all come to, the, come to repentance, that's Jew and Gentiles. He has plenty of patience. We thank God for his patience. When I look at my BC days before Christ, I say, Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for being patient with me. And God still stretches out his hands. His son, Jesus Christ, stretched out his hands at the cross until the work of salvation was done. It is finished. The very same hands that could reach out from heaven and call those to come to the cross. He still is seeking after Israel. And that's why it's important for us to pray for Israel. It's important for us to pray for all who don't know Jesus. We, we used to have that desire. That's what Paul had. He had, he had a desire. In chapter 10, it says, Brethren, my heart desire and prayer for God, uh, Israel, prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved as his heart and his prayer for his family, for Israel. We need to pray. And not only just pray, what good is praying? You don't do anything. You have no desire. And what good is prayer and desire if you don't, not sent out, right? They need to hear the gospel. There's a lot of people dying out there. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Carusos, the preachers. Who are the preachers? Every single one of you. You, any, you, go, if you, if you get confronted by anybody. Complain that you're a preacher. I said, who told you a preacher? My pastor said I'm a preacher. But more important than that, what my pastor is what my Bible tells me. You who believe in Jesus Christ are preachers. Carusos. You're to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, the good news. You're supposed to herald the good news, the glad tidings. That is our call. The church is to go out there and to be sent out to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world. Amen. Romans 5.8 shares, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This incredible truth applies to us even today. We didn't do anything to warrant God's acceptance and love of us. He saw us while we were still sinners and loved us despite that. No matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus still died for you, and He still offers you new life. If you're ready to learn more about Jesus, we'd like to encourage you to find a local church family that you can be a part of. The believers you'll encounter there will help you grow in your faith and offer you support in every situation. 
If you're in the New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania area, we'd love to have you come join us in person here at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and directions, visit runningtheraceradio.com. If you'd like to listen again to today's message, Tracy has information on where to find it. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy, and thank you for tuning in today for another edition of Running the Race.